570. In L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. Dylan Hernandez of the LA Times will jump on here in a couple of minutes. Uh, I thought he, more than anybody, tried to hold Andrew Friedman's feet to the fire yesterday during that news conference. Uh, I, I thought Andrew did a very good job of navigating the questions that Dylan asked. You know, Dylan was on the Dodger beat for years. And he, I think, is as frustrated <laughs> as some of the fans, Rodney. Uh uh, you know, his question, and we'll talk to him about it, is what do you do now? Where do you go? How do you fix it? When you've been there so many times and only come up a winner once with the biggest prize of all, what can be done? But I thought Andrew Friedman made a valid point yesterday, and I'm not trying to defend him. He's a grown man. He can defend himself. You know, sometimes it's just baseball. Sometimes it just happens that way. It's frustrating. It's disappointing. Yeah. It hurts. But sometimes that's just the way it is. And I, yeah. I don't know how you rectify that. Yeah, sometimes it is. Sometimes it, it, it is just sports, which is not an exact science, which is humans still have to play. And so, you know, it's the same thing, you know, kind of with the analytics part of it. Analytics, the analytics say on uh, – Someone gave me a great example. They were talking about in football. The analytics, when we you know, talk about um, the Chargers and them going for it on fourth down all the time because the analytics tell them to go for it on fourth down, right? So the analytics may say, at this point in time, go for it on fourth down. Well, the analytics don't tell you um, you have Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback versus Tom Brady at quarterback. Right. Right? So at at that point, you have to make a human decision. My guy, Tom Brady, I trust him in that situation as opposed to trusting Mitchell Trubisky in that situation. Right. It's just not plain black and white when it comes to analytics. And so that's what it doesn't tell you. And sometimes in baseball or any sport, you gotta you got to live with it. you got to live with a guy going, man, I feel better than I've ever felt. Right now, even though it's the seventh inning, I feel better than I've ever felt. I feel like I can go. I got these guys, you know. Or, which we heard, and we get he gets criticized for with Rich Hill. You got to keep an eye on me. I'm not feeling so hot. Keep an eye on me. So, analytics is one thing, but you got to finding that balance. I think is the hard part, and the part people wrestle with, including I think, um, not just Dave Roberts, but I think all managers that heavily rely on analytics and, and general managers and all the folks and all the teams that heavily rely on it, finding that balance between the individual and then what the book says. It's all right. Not easy. Let's bring on Dylan Hernandez right now. Dylan, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? We're doing well. Good. Okay. You were there with Andrew Friedman yesterday. What was your overall takeaway? Uh, that I think he thinks that they got unlucky, basically. You know, I mean, obviously he gave some lip service to the fact that, like, 
hey, maybe there's some levers that we could pull, whatever, you know, how much of this is baseball, how much of it was us. But if you actually go into, like, detail of, like, what he actually talked about and kind of the various examples he gave, you know, it was about, like, where balls got hit or, you know, there were certain injuries or, right, it were all kind of excuses more than, you know, and as far as, like, what could have the front office have done better, he didn't say anything about that. So, you know, and I do know that, right, in those circles they do think, right, and, I, and, and there is, an element to this for sure, right? The randomness of kind of the postseason. It's just that we're seeing, I think, now, you know, this isn't just like a small sample size anymore, right? This is eight years now. You know, the one year that they won, and I'm not saying, by the way, I'm not trying to diminish that 2020 championship, but it was played under different conditions, you know? But all the playoffs that have been played kind of under normal conditions, they've kind of lost in similar ways. And so I just kind of think that you need to kind of like examine the way you're doing things. Okay. And as you look at what they've done, what do you think they should do differently? What should they have done? Yeah, well, you know, um, you know, I think, I mean, if you kind of go back, like, all the way to the start, you know, to the offseason, I guess, you know, when they're building their team, obviously, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that they don't want to invest a ton of money in a starting pitcher, right? Mark Walter famously said years ago, you know, pitchers break, and that's true, right? Now, the thing is, by not making that, you know, right, that nine-figure investment in a pitcher, uh, it does avoid that possibility of that guy breaking down and all of a sudden you're not even in the playoffs, right? And so they've kind of, I think, played it safe in a way of like, okay, well, let's just make sure we're in the playoffs every year to give ourselves a chance. It's just that once you kind of get here and you're trying to ride the bullpen as much as you are, um, you're going to run into trouble there, right? You need that guy that's going to go seven. You know, the Phillies might reach the World Series right now with basically two pitchers, right, two starting pitchers. And that's kind of more what you need, right, is that, you know, the, somebody was talking to somebody earlier today about the 2019 Nationals that won the World Series. I mean, it was Strasburg, it was Scherzer, like three guys in the bullpen. They really didn't use anybody else, right? It's kind of about riding those horses. Now, over 162, the way the Dodgers do it works better, you know. And so I think it's about maybe finding kind of this balance of where, you know, you can have that depth, you know, to withstand a six-month season, but also kind of have the horses, you know, uh, pitching-wise, uh, you know, to win these, these postseason series. Now, just to be clear, by the way, the reason they lost this particular series was because the hitters didn't show up. Now, I think what was kind of bad about game four was that it kind of exposed the fact that had they advanced, uh, at some point they were going to run out of arms, whether that was in the NLCS or in the World Series. Uh, this just was not a sustainable pitching formula. You know, so I do think in some ways it kind of shed a light on some things that they're going to have to address this winter. Uh, and not just from like a, okay, we needed just kind of one guy, but maybe in a bigger uh, philosophical sense, you know, where they kind of have to start um, reevaluating the way they use and view starting pitchers. Yeah, so I, when, when I look at this, um, I certainly look at through it through a player's lens, and that's why I kind of get, you know, I thrown off a little bit when people automatically want to blame Dave Roberts, want to blame management and all that, because if you get to the playoffs, at the end of the day, it's about it's about the players. And, you you know, and you mentioned, you know, you, they don't go out and get the, the horses or the starting pitching. Yeah, that'd be great if everybody could go into the postseason and have Strasburg and, and Scherzer and, and ride those two guys. Like, you know, you go back to, to Arizona riding Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling to the, to the title. Um, still took seven games. Uh, but they rolled those guys to the title. But you look at the Dodgers, they lose Walker Buehler, right, was a key figure in, 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 in their plans to go deep in the playoffs. They lose uh, Dustin May, 
right? They lose uh, in the back end. They lose Blake Trinan, which a lot of people believe that was going to step in to be that closer role. And so you have to adjust your play and your style of play and what you're doing during the course of a, of a season. And and again, there's no guarantee. And then if you're doing something and it's working a certain way and you've had success doing that, how much how much heat would you get if all of a sudden you get to the playoffs and you start changing the way you you played all season long? We hear it all the time. Well, they got the playoffs and they didn't do this. They got the playoffs, they didn't do that. You start changing that once you get to the playoffs. The visceral and the hate and the and the and the chastising would have been triple if you changed the way you do things in the regular season and into the postseason. Yeah, I agree with that, and that's why, like I said, right, this kind of starts in the off season when you start building the team and you start deciding on how to allocate your resources, right? And it's not that I don't understand, you know, this need obviously to you know to to do well in the playoffs, you have to get there first, and what they have built is a kind of this machine that will reliably get you to October every year. Now, the problem is, like, again, once they kind of get there, and, you know, um, I mean, you talk about May, that was kind of like a lottery ticket type thing, right? He hasn't been that guy yet. You know, Bueller, you could argue, okay, yeah, he has been that guy kind of. But they, even then, they don't really lean on the starting pitchers like as much. You know, and I, I think, you know, when I go, when I think of what they think the blueprint is, it's kind of game five of the 2016 NLDS, right? They had Rich Hill starting on short rest. I think he pitched into the third inning, you know, and they kind of cobbled it together. And, and you know, Kershaw came in to save that game, and they, they win that game, and they advance to the NLCS. And, you know, that was like a really great moment, I think, for, for this team, and, you know, especially under the new management. It was like, this is, right, this is how we envisioned it type deal. Um, you know, now the thing is, though, I think kind of gets forgotten there. If Kershaw doesn't walk over from the bullpen, you know, or to the, from the dugout to the bullpen, they're running out of pitchers, right? And I feel that a lot of times, kind of like when they're kind of coming up with their postseason pitching plans, um, you know, it's they do it with such like with no real margin for error, right? And they always they always just kind of end up one arm short. Like think back to a lot of these eliminations. You know, go back to like nineteen. You know, they get to that end of the game there. Okay, well, Kenley's in. You know, he's not pitching well right now. Let's go to Joe Kelly. They just like ran out of guys. You know, and again, if you're riding the bullpen that hard. Uh, at some point, you know, those guys are, right, and this isn't Dave Roberts' fault. At some point, every call to the bullpen, yes, it's an opportunity to get a favorable matchup, but it's also a chance that something could go wrong there. I mean, you're counting, you know, if you're counting on five guys to come out to finish off a game, I mean, those are five guys that better be on that night, right? One guy. Well, that's why you got them there, Dylan. That's why you got them there. Well, but, that's why that's, they're professionals. Again, that's like a, right, well, but that's also like a lot of guys. And keep in mind, bull, relievers are failed starters. That's why they're there, you know? And if you have a guy, now, you know, again, I don't have a problem with the Dodgers taking out Julio Rios in game one. He looked to me like he was running out of gas. Now, I think in game two, you have Kershaw, who didn't start well, but had retired nine in a row, uh, you know, at the end of the fifth inning at that point. Now, I think you run him out there just to get an extra inning because, now, that's one fewer reliever that has to pitch that day. He's going to be that much fresher later in the series. And similarly, like with Tyler Anderson, I mean, the guy was pretty dominant, right? Um, and if you look at the Padres, um, and I'm just going to, and I'm not saying they're, they're a better team or a better whatever, but like in, in terms of just kind of strategy, Bob Melvin ran out, Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, uh, Musgrove, uh, all into the sixth inning. Now, Musgrove, granted, was the only guy that actually completed the inning, but like, you know, that's the thing. You can adjust there, right? You, you let the guy go out, you know, he let Darvish go out to the sixth. Okay, this isn't working, you know, take him out then, you know? 
and you know, and this is kind of the point that you were making earlier, right? Is kind of using the kind of eye test, using your gut a little bit, because you know, none of these things are a hundred percent, right? And you know, they say like, well, sixty yeah. percent of the time this will happen, forty percent of the time that'll happen. Well, that still means that forty percent of the time the other thing happens, you know. And it's, I think, the manager's job, or should be kind of the manager's job to. Um, you know, decide those things, right? Is okay. Maybe this is that forty percent time, and you know, you look at Tyler Anderson the but other how night. How do you know that, Dylan? Seen. How do you know that this, this is the well, time? You don't. You don't. You don't. And and to me, it just looked like it, though, right? Yeah. I mean, to me, it looked like he went out yeah, there. Yeah, but was look, clear. look, look at look at yesterday. Look at yesterday. He was pitching better than Musgrove was. Look, 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 look. at two guys. Look, look at yesterday. People said I didn't hear what you just said. Say that again. Oh, no, that you wouldn't agree that Anderson looked better than Musgrove in Game Four. You know, yet Musgrove is the guy that who completed six innings. It was actually Musgrove. You know, yeah, and did. again, yeah, that's kind of and, and that could have gone either you way. Know. I think you know, with them at the top of the lineup, Profar I think was leading it off, and then Soto was coming up. Um, and to see him three times around the lineup, I think it was the thinking. That's, and again, it goes back to the way they their philosophy has been all season long, and really, frankly, probably the last few years that's been their philosophy is the third time through the lineup is where they become cautious. And and if you look at, even look at the Padre in the game yesterday, nobody's watching, you know, because Dodger fans, but they left you Darvish in to go out on the sixth inning, and Kyle Schwarber took him deep on the third time around the order. Took him deep to give the, the Phillies a 2-0 lead. Now, some would argue, why did you let him go around the third time? So my point is that you don't know. You don't know, and there's no guarantee in that. At the end of the day, it's the players that are put. You're put in that position for a reason. You don't put the bullpen together and say, okay, you guys got the six, fifth, and six, whatever, and go, we don't expect you to finish it. We're going to run out of arms. No, you're supposed to go out and do your job. Right. Well, here's the problem, though, right? If it's four-plus innings every single game, and you're asking a team to win, what is it they have to win now, 11 games? Yeah, 11 games, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? And you're asking them to cover four-plus. And keep in mind, in the next round, it would have, they would have needed not just, right, it would have been the three starters plus two bullpen games, you know, because of the, the way the schedule is right now. That's, you're asking a lot of your pen at that point. You know, now you could argue, like, okay, yeah, it's their job to go do this, but at the same time, if you, right, you run a basketball player out and tell them, like, hey, we need, like, 42 minutes from you every game, uh, if it keeps going, you know, right, if the season keeps going, at some point he's going to get tired. And I think that that's what this kind of illustrated, right, was just that, you know, and I talked to players about this after the game, by the way, you know, down in the locker room afterwards, just kind of like, because I was thinking about this even before, uh, you know, I, I look, I went into game four thinking they were going to win. I thought, right, when they're three up, I, right, it goes to game five, obviously you got Arias going, Darvish on a short rest. I thought that the Dodgers were going to win the series. That said, I already had questions at that point of, okay, as this thing goes forward, how are they going to sustain this? It just, it just didn't seem sustainable. Yeah, but Dylan, what do you do about the hitting? Because, I mean, all yeah. of that may be true, but what do you do about the hitting? Cody Bellinger couldn't hit. Yeah, and that's why they lost the series, right. right? And, you know, I think we need to separate those two things. I mean, I think when you look at the pitching, that was why they weren't going to win the World Series. Now, I looked at the lineup, and I, I was on your show earlier this year talking about, their success against good pitchers, right? Um, and obviously, it didn't happen for them. You know, these things do. That is kind of the, to me, the baseball part of it, right? Guys get hot, guys get cold. The top of the lineup, you know, outside of Freddie Freeman, uh, really didn't show up for this series. Now, 
I also think that one thing that's become a little bit harder for them is, you know, kind of early on, um, you know, when, when Friedman came in, they had a lot of success kind of finding kind of guys on the margins, so to speak, right? They're, they had a really good bench. They were able to discover guys, you know, the Kike Hernandez's, the Chris Taylor's, you know, the Jock Peters, uh, I guess not Peterson would have been in that category, but, you know, they, they, were, they did a good Max Muncy, right? They were able to find these guys on the margins. I do think that the sport as a whole right now is smarter, you know, and, you know, there were a couple of corpses that people, you know, that teams were able to, you know, pick at, you know, the, the Nationals got raided, obviously, the Cincinnati Reds. Um, there's really kind of nothing else left to pick, I think, you know, and so they, that is a challenge, right, where, you know, they did not want to use Joey Gallo, and they did it, right? They didn't want to use Miguel Vargas, and they did it, and that's kind of a problem, too, where, again, the lineup maybe, right, or the, the offense as a whole probably wasn't as deep as you wanted it to be. You know, if you look at the – what was really the difference, it's not like Machado and Soto played out of their minds in that series. Um, you know, it was actually the Padres, of all places, the seven, eight, or nine guys kind of got hot, uh, whereas the Dodgers guys, you know, um, you know between uh, – to me, Chris Taylor just didn't look right. I know he said he was healthy. I don't believe it. Um, you know, Bellinger obviously just couldn't hit at all. Um, you know, and so they, at the bottom of the lineup, obviously, yeah, they were having problems and, you know, that is also something else that they're going to have to address. Yeah. You know, and I know, look, we, we, we sit here and go wonder why, wonder why. And again, I come from the lens of a player that, you know, you're put in a position to go win it, go win it as players and don't put it on management or coaches or anything like that. And I look up and, and, and hear and, and see all the criticism. And certainly, you know, you, you get here that many times as Dodgers, you gotta, you gotta win more than one. You got you got to do that. You got to find a way to close the deal. Um, and the problem I have is everyone afterwards wants to say that they got this formula. They did it wrong. They did it right, or they did it wrong. They did it wrong. They should have been doing this. They should have been doing that. And they, why did they do it this way? Well, show me somebody that's doing it right. I mean, look, look, how many has Houston won other than the one they cheated on? I mean, they're in the conversation. Well, they're they're a great team, but they've only won one World Series. I mean, Atlanta know, Braves been good for pretty good. They they've won one. I, I'm just saying, actually, you know, what is the what is the exact formula? The Yankees have been there, been right in the mix every single year. They haven't won one in since 2009. So I'm I'm wondering what what is the exact science that everybody wants to say that the Dodgers are not doing. Yeah, and again, I, you know, if they had lost after, you know, say it had just kind of gone the way game through, you know, the first three games of the series went, you know, that's kind of like one thing, right? I mean, you know, if the guys had just not hit, whatever, then then you can just kind of put it on the players. Um, you know, I do think, you know, and it's a good thing that you actually brought up the um, the the Astros because uh, they've made now, I believe, six consecutive LCSs. You know. And, yeah, okay, that's not a World Series, whatever. But, like, you know, how they lost, I think, is also kind of important, right? I mean, the Dodgers lost to a team they had no – yeah, I absolutely do. I mean, they, they lost to a team they had no business losing to, you know. And keep in mind, again, the Padres were not that – the Padres, I thought, were doing everything possible to keep the Dodgers, like, in these games, right? I mean, they were a swing away in a couple of – you know, in a couple of these games, you know. The Padres left, I mean, a ton of guys on base themselves. I mean, this is not – you know, and even in uh, Game Four, you know, and this is and this is like about the organization. This is about the whole city, right? I mean, they, this is a place that is used to losing. And as soon as Freddie Freeman drove in those first two runs on that double, that place fell silent, 
you know, and you could hear like whenever a Padre would strike out, kind of the groaning that that fatalism was kind of really setting in, you know. And so, yeah, no, I, I mean, they, they they should have won this series. You can't be losing a DS to a team again, also that you've just been dominating completely, like in the regular season, who's you know again not playing exceptionally well, it's doing everything they can to keep you in the game. Why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they? Are you telling me the Padre players well, don't get paid? Well, I mean, I'm just telling. I'm just telling you, they weren't that good. They kept they them in these games. I mean, go back and watch these games. I do not think they're that good. Go I think don't get me wrong, we, but punches. we said that the they're Dodgers didn't hit. The Dodgers didn't hit. Yeah, the Dodgers didn't hit. Period. Right. Dodgers didn't hit. But that's not to say that that the that the Padres aren't good. I don't know. I don't know where that. I don't, the Padres they have a good team. And like you mentioned, play. and like you mentioned, seven, eight, nine in that lineup. When we talk about Cronenworth, when we talk about um, Grisham, guys that came through when they needed them to come through, came through. Uh, they still got Blake Snell and Musgrove going. I mean, they're in the, L- they're in the NLCS. They they are doing something right. And they rode Manny right. Machado all season long. And so they've got players and that can break out at any time and it can hurt you. Yeah, well, they, except those guys did it, right? Machado didn't break out. He didn't have to. Other guys did. Other guys did. I really don't think the Padres played well in this series at all. Other guys broke out, though. That's the difference. They're down the line guys broke out in key situations. The the Grishams and the Cronenworth. And and our Chris Taylors and Trace Thompsons didn't. You know, and and, and our top three did. And despite that, despite that, right, they get through that seventh inning. They win this series. The Dodgers do. They're winning five. They're winning game five no matter what. They're going to win game five. I should have went to right? Vegas then. I didn't know you had that crystal ball, Dylan. Well, if they go, if they get through that seventh inning without like completely imploding there, now and keep in mind like that was like I, I that one was kind of like I think a lot was on Roberts or the coaches or whoever was in charge to call down the bullpen. I mean, they didn't have you know Bessie didn't start warming up until like Machado struck out. But they get through that inning. No, who do you like you? Uh, Julio Arias or you Darvish on short rest, who's no. never pitched on short rest, by the way. No, I, I agree. If they had won that game, if the Dodgers had won, yeah, I think they win game five. I mean, you're right, I didn't go to Vegas, but yeah, I, I agree yeah, with you, Dylan. Despite on that. the fact, yeah, and despite the fact that they didn't hit at all, right, they were in position to take the series. Of course. And so were the Padres. Well, uh, yeah, so here, I went to game here, five. Here's what I said. I thought the Padres... Uh, played it about as well as they could play, and I thought the Dodgers. No, they did not. The Dodgers didn't play well. The Dodgers did not play well. Stop it! The Padres did not play well. They did not. For the, I thought they gave it their best shot, and you know what? I thought the Dodgers they did, did, and that was it. Yeah, I think that's about oh. as good as the Padres can play. Are you and I kidding? thought the Dodgers didn't play as well as they could. Manny, Manny didn't have a great series. He hit the home run. He, he didn't have a great series defensively. He was awesome. And, and Soto didn't have a fantastic series. It wasn't those two guys didn't beat the Dodgers. Dylan, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, well, this is kind of who you know. Yeah, I mean, they they did they didn't play great. I don't think they're much better than what they showed. You know, yeah, sure, if Machado and Soto get going, it changes things a little bit. You know, obviously, not having to tease has just really kind of killed them offensively. Um, but yeah, they're probably going to get swept in the series against the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, what it kind of looks like, right? Yeah. So, my agree. Yeah. Dylan, thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> We love right you. Come on. All right, man. Take it easy. Uh, there goes our buddy Dylan Hernandez. Yeah, you know, he's, he's always wrong. 
Well, I don't know if he's always wrong. <laughs> what I do think, though, no, what I do think, uh, I, <laughs> you know, when you listen to him outline his feelings on pitching, I get that. I get that, and it's something to consider. But if you just look at this series, I mean, then you can forecast, well, if they'd won this series, they don't have enough pitching. Well, we don't know that because they didn't they win the series. They don't know that. But the one thing we can focus on is they couldn't hit. That's the thing that you have to take away at from At the end of the day, it's the hit. big elephant in the room. Uh, it, 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 all of this is chatter. If the Dodgers hit the ball a little bit. They don't want uh, I mean, they're, what were they, five for 34 with running, yeah. runners in scoring position? I mean, if, if they're eight for 34, they win. They win the series. I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple. And that minute, instead of overanalyzing, oh, you know, what did you do? Why did you take him out? They took him out in the in the fifth. Padre didn't score in the sixth. They scored in the seventh. Right. So you let him go an extra inning, you still got the same dilemma. The seventh innings when they scored. Maybe, you know, you, you use an extra arm. Is that what you're saying? That's with the whole difference? I just, I, 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 it's, I, making it too complicated as opposed to just, the Dodgers offensively didn't show up. Period. All right. One NFL owner said to another NFL owner, "Hey, man, don't f with me." What? Who said that? And to who? That's next. Now your chance to win one thousand dollars. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Check. That's check. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Hey, it's your girl Nina Chantel. You're listening to my homies, Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570LA Sports. Your home of the Dodgers. Here's the German Yes, we are, Rodney Pete. Fred Rogan on a hump day, Fred. Hey, check it out. I see the uh NLCS is getting ready to start with the Phillies at the Padres. Game two, Phillies took game one. Are you interested in this at all, Fred? You know, I'm only interested. Listeners are? I'm only interested. I don't know if our listeners are. Uh, I am interested from the perspective that I think the Phillies can win the whole thing now. I think they are the yeah. hottest team. I think the Dodgers didn't play well. Padres got hotter against them, but I think the Phillies are scorching hot. Yes. And they're fun yeah. to watch, too. Yeah, the Phillies are the Braves of last year. Yeah. They have been just on fire. And the Nationals of the year before, or two years before that. And against Atlanta, they didn't beat yeah. them. They beat them up. Yeah, they did. And that's the mark of a, a hot team. Yeah, they did. And they beat the Cardinals up. Yeah. So that that's what I'm keeping an eye on, uh, just to see how the Phillies actually do. But aside from that, nah. 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 I'm intrigued that there's an NLDS game going on at 1.30 in the afternoon on a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, Seems pretty, exactly. Pretty random. I think I understand that they want to put the Yankees in Houston in prime time. I think that's, what, a 5 o'clock start, Fred, maybe? Yeah. But I don't know. Doesn't seem right. Granted, I'm looking yeah. up, and it looks like uh, Petco sold out, which is great. But, yeah, it's packed. Them people are ready there. They, they shut down the town. Yeah. San Diego, they said all oh, the mayor said, don't go to work today. Nice. We're just going to go see the Padres. Everybody cheer for the Padres. Um, but, yeah, I'm interested in, I'm interested in the uh, in, in, in the other one, too. I'm interested in the Yankee-Astro one because I know the world is rooting against the Astros. Everybody except for people in Houston are rooting against the Astros. Um, 
You know, the Yankees own one, too, from 2017. Yeah, they yeah, do. The That's were, what I'm saying. And the ALCS, right? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yes. Yeah. They were yes, banging they the do. cans in, too. Yes. Don't touch. Don't take my jersey off. Don't take my jersey off. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I'm mic'd up. Yeah, oh, congratulations, man. This is great. Rip off yes. your jersey. I, 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 no. I, 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 no. No, no. I'll no. say this to their credit, not that I need to give or want to give Houston credit. Really, Altuve and Bregman are like the only two guys left oh, yeah. from 17. They've turned over that entire roster, and they're still yeah. dominating. Jordan Alvarez, a former Dodger prospect, who I think they bad, gave away for Josh boy. Fields. Bad of all boy. people. Yeah, he's bad. He's a bad man. I mean, he single-handedly put them in the NL, uh, ALD, uh, ALCS mm-hmm. the way he did. The comeback against uh, the Mariners, I mean, the whole thing he did has just been incredible. But you're right. Well, they got Guriel, too. Yeah, and Guriel's uh, still there, still, yeah. Um, but it's still, it's just a bad taste of Houston. They'll never know? live that down. Oh, no. no. And as much were... as we love Dusty Baker, and he's done a, I mean, you're talking about keeping the culture, keeping everything together. Dusty Baker's done a great job there. Uh, he really has. But still, it's Houston and that whole, and no remorse thing is too. The ownership was the bad part of it too. Not, not to mention, you know, the Correa and, and Altuve and, and them being cocky about cheating and winning. Uh, but the no remorse from the ownership, it was was a bad part of it. Yeah, but yeah. you understand people with a great deal of money, of which I don't possess, but people that do have a great deal of money oftentimes live in their own pl- universe. Mm-hmm. They see things very differently. You know, they, they consider themselves untouchable or uh, beyond reproach. And, you know, he's the owner of the team. He's got all the money. What do you We didn't cheat. Yeah. And, you know, when I say something, that's how it is. That's how it is. And, and, and for, if you're the inside, like you're – you're a part of that team and that franchise, and you you kind of you kind of almost like your owner sticking up for you a little bit too, you know. But at the same time, you gotta say, well, it's unfortunate or whatever. Say something different because he was cocky about it. Oh yeah, he, he just, yeah yeah. You know what? We wouldn't want anyway. How do you like that? <laughs> That's what yeah, he said. exactly, exactly. Yes, we didn't need yeah. to do it. We did it, but we didn't yeah. need to do it because we, we wouldn't want anyway. 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 So shut up. Take your <laughs> loss like a man. Said. Right. He I said, mean, that's, shut up. That's basically what he said. All right. So, uh, Roger Goodell, uh, if you follow the world of commissioners in sports, I think would be considered the top commissioner in all sports. The NFL, just given by its brand, makes the most money. The NFL prints money. Far more than baseball, basketball. The NFL is number one. So they're having a meeting. And in the meeting, they're trying to figure out if they should start talking to Roger Goodell about a new deal. And I think I read some years ago, at one point he made $40 million. You go, oh my God, mm-hmm. $40 million? Yeah, but he's running an industry that makes $9 billion. No, he doesn't need $40 million. And the NFL doesn't need $9 billion. But you can make the argument, because of his leadership, everybody is profiting. Yeah, he's so, taken it from, you know, since he took over, obviously he's, he's taken the league and some of the things they've done from a revenue standpoint to the stratosphere. And right. so... Based on, you know, if you just base it on, you know, kind of like we players do or anybody else does, look, if the company's making X, Y, Z, I need to deserve, I deserve some sort of share of that if I'm running it. And that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's how executives get paid their bonuses. They get a base salary and then the bonus and the bonus is based on percentage of revenue generated. All right. So the NFL makes a ton of dough. He gets paid. But now it's time to start talking about a new deal. And the way they do that, they at the owners' meeting, they kick it around and say, "All right, should we, should we send this now to uh, 
the committee that decides what he should make, and then we all vote on it. So everybody votes yes. Well, not everybody. 31 of the 32 owners vote yes. But during, during this meeting, Robert Kraft is speaking in a very positive light about Roger Goodell and saying, let's move this forward, let's get it done. Because at these meetings, by the way, everybody stands up if they want to and has something to say. doesn't mean anybody's listening to them. And it doesn't mean everybody hasn't already made their mind up. Kind of like when the Rams moved back to Inglewood. Before that meeting started, everybody knew what was going to happen. But you, you, you listen to the guys. And Robert Kraft is speaking. And Jerry Jones has had enough. Because Jerry Jones has said, I don't think we should do this. Uh, I don't think we should offer him this much money. Jerry Jones has his own issues with him. And it's funny because Jerry Jones yep. is a big supporter of his. And Goodell is a supporter of Jerry Jones. Anyway, during the meeting, Jerry Jones is speaking. Robert Kraft says, basically, I disagree or something. And Jerry Jones looks at Robert Kraft and goes, hey, don't F with me. And Kraft responds, excuse me? And Jones goes, don't mess with me. Jerry Jones told Robert Kraft. So I think Jerry's in his 70s. Robert Kraft just got married. He might be in his 80s. You got a 70-year-old guy standing up telling an 80-year-old guy, hey, don't F with me. Testy. Yeah, a little bit testy. Uh, a little bit reactionary, I would say. But I get, it got us to thinking. Maybe they needed to settle it. Yeah. Maybe they needed to go outside. Get in the ring. We'll just Do something. go square off. Yeah, why not? Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft. The newly married Robert Kraft. That's right. Who would you take? Oh, Jerry's whooping his ass. Jerry's whooping his ass. You think? Oh, man, Kraft, he can't move. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name again? <laughs> Old man, Kraft. <laughs> Old man, Kraft can't move. He craft cheese, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, Jerry put out them old cowboy tricks on him, Fred. <laughs> Jerry put out them old cowboy tricks and just, uh, you know, yeah, Jerry whoop his ass. Yeah, well, it didn't come to that. Unfortunately. Well, I wish. Yeah, I forget Jake Paul and who he's fighting. I could care less. I want to see these two go at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? Oh, I'll be all imagine over Imagine them putting their <laughs> this week on Triller. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Snoop on commentary again. Fred, do the 4 o'clock news from there. Oh, uh, you know I would. Oh, Fred should be on commentary. You know I would. Yeah, you and Snoop. No, I mean, the, the the closest I ever had to that was those two fat guys fighting in Minneapolis. That was oh, it. Your, your live shot? Yeah, the, the live shot. The Laker series? Yeah. Yeah, Laker series live shot. It was uh, one fifteen in the morning A in Minneapolis. set-up fight? Or no. you just caught the fight? No, we're standing outside by the Mary Tyler Moore statue because there's nowhere else to go, and we thought at least it was a Minneapolis landmark, and we would do the 11 o'clock news. And uh, we're there a night before the game, and I'm standing there, and I start talking. And all of a sudden, I hear this scream directly to my side. So I turn and look, and we're right by the street. There's these two fat guys fighting. They're both drunk. Women are screaming. What time is this? It was 1.15 in the morning in Minneapolis. <laughs> so what I did is I just told the cameraman, shoot that. So he turned the camera, and we just watched the two guys fight for three minutes. And the one guy fell in the gutter, and the other guy fell on top of him. And oh, the women yeah. jumped in and tried to pull each other up, pull him off. It was great. Oh, yeah. It was the best thing Where's on the news. Where's that footage? Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Unfortunately, Bring that in, Fred. 
unfortunately, when we moved from the old NBC to the new building. You got burned in the archives room? Well, not exactly. What they did with the archives, well, they got rid of a lot of them, which was really brilliant because that's the history of the station. But they said, we don't have the storage room for this anymore. So we'll just get, just rid get rid of, of a lot everything. Of it. Yeah, the history. And the rest, you know what they did? They sent it to a warehouse in New Jersey. So now all of the tapes from Channel 4 are in Shocking. New Jersey. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and if you yeah. want to pull anything the, from the archives. Next to Tony Soprano's house. Exactly. Right. <laughs> you have to call New Jersey, try to guess what year or, or tape it was on, and somebody there will look through the tape. So you know what it's like getting stuff from the past. Yeah, the history didn't mean very much. That's terrible. Come oh, on. That absolutely happened. People call all the time and they say, hey, can we get a copy of your old sports bowls we used to do? And I'd say, yeah, I'd love to send it to you, but they don't exist anymore. Everything was destroyed. And if not, it's in New Jersey. Yeah. All of our businesses have changed. Sports. Next hour, spirituality, and Vinny Bonsignor joins us. Coming up next, two college wrestlers, two friends. One was attacked by a bear. What do you think the other one did? Hey, Lisa Fox here. When not getting benched or thrown out of a game, they're on the radio with you. You're listening to Rogan and Rodney on AM570 LA Sports. Look out the window. What do I see? A couple yachts. Yeah, baby. Let's go. Keep it moving. It's a hump day. It is Wednesday. Beautiful Wednesday. Boy, that's why we live in L.A., man. That's why we live in Southern California, Fred. Days like this is beautiful. In mid-October. You know, Holly's in Canada shooting a movie for Hallmark right now. She's been there for a few weeks, and uh, she's got a little ways to go in, in Ottawa. And she's just talking about how freezing cold it is right is it now really? in Ottawa. Yeah, already. It's cold in the great white north. Yeah, I didn't know it got cold that fast. Up yeah, there. got cold. Cold in Ottawa. Well. Heavy coats already, Fred. But not inside on the set. It's Christmas. <laughs> no, she's shooting outside, unfortunately. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah. Oh, then it's yeah, really on Christmas. on location. Yeah, on, on some water, too. Got to do some water scenes. Oh, that must be pleasant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cold on the exactly. water? Yeah, we're sitting on the water. What are we doing? Yeah. All right. Uh, animals attack. Two quick stories. College wrestler from a small Wyoming school. He and his his wrestling teammate are out. Now, why they're doing this in, in Yellowstone National Park, I don't know. But what they're doing is they are looking for antlers shed by elk and deer. Okay, maybe that's a, a hobby some people have. They're trying to get the, the marrow from the antlers? You know, that's like got a, a special chemical in it. Don't know why. Don't know why. All I know is at one point, they were looking for these antlers. One turned around and there was a bear. I saw that. Yeah, and the bear attacked him. I and the saw bear that. is on him. Yeah. Now his teammate had to make a decision. His wrestling teammate, what am I going to do? Am I going to <laughs> run or am I going to do something? Given he's a college wrestler, yes. He jumps in and tries to wrestle the bear off his friend. Then he starts wrestling with the bear. The bear, his friend is is messed up. The bear runs away. For whatever reason, the bear comes back. And they engage in another wrestling match. Then the bear leaves again. One guy had to be carried off the mountain. The other guy hobbled down. Both went to the hospital. Both had injuries. And both have been released. So apparently both 
Wait, okay. is this the this the one? Is this the same one that that's been going viral around, where the guy's on on the mountain kicking the bear? This has got to be a different one. Well, this guy did say he kicked the bear, but he wrestled the bear. Yeah, he's kicking the bear. I don't see him wrestling bear. He's filming it, and the bear keeps coming at him on the on the hill. This is a different on the one. Mountain. And he keeps kicking the bear, kicking the bear, until the bear finally runs away. But okay, so it's got to be a different one. Yeah, this is a different one. And by the way, if a bear is coming at you, why would you turn on your camera and start kicking the bear? What, what good does that do? He's filming it. He's documenting everything. Right. Well, remember the guy that thought he could talk to the bear? Oh, oh the Jesus. guy that lived with the bears. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, the guy that lived with the bears thought he could talk to the bear, and his yeah, wife was yeah, recording yeah. it. And what happened? That bear went bear. And the last thing you heard was, ah! Thankfully, you only heard it and didn't see it. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know if you'd record it. The yeah. guy you're talking about, Rodney, by the way, I think that was in Japan. That was a different incident. Uh, okay. The video of the climber. Well, those bears right, are better right. behaved. In the Japan? Japanese bears are better Yeah, they're better behaved. <laughs> the ones in Wyoming? Yeah, absolutely. And then the story in Australia where two guys are on a boat and uh, what they're doing is trying to catch crabs and they're leaning over the boat, right? And all of a sudden, the guy turns on a crocodile, or a crocodile bites the guy's head. What? Yeah. The guy he leans over? Yeah, and the crocodile comes up and bites his head and then his friend stabs the crocodile with a knife. Until the crocodile finally releases the guy's head. Wait, the the guy's head's inside the crocodile's mouth. Yes, and his buddy starts stabbing him with a knife. They're on. And what are they fishing for? Crab. What in the world? <laughs> See, Rodney, this is why I say I don't do outdoors for stuff like this. You got bears, you got crocodiles. I'm Somebody good. send that to me, please. Send that to me. Well, no. What, what is Somebody's this? Somebody's got a video. What is this? Faces of death? No, we're not going <laughs> to send you. <laughs> Who wants to see that? I, I do. Wanna. I do. I would not want to. I want to see the 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 individual that thought it was a bright idea to stick his head down in the water to look for crabs. <laughs> the crocodile. The crocodile bit his head. You know, <laughs> we we were thinking. Here are two stories of when animals attack, and I my problems with animals have been chronicled. Uh, on the show you for provoke years. provoke the animals, though, Fred. I do provoke them. By the way, I will say one of my favorite shows of all time was When Animals Attack. I think our friend yeah. Mark Thompson did the VOs for that show. <laughs> did he? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, have, have <laughs> I you did had, like that show, too. I, I, we were just curious sitting here, talking during the break, and maybe nobody will call, maybe somebody will, but if you call, it'll be good. Have you ever had an encounter with an animal like that? I, I, I'm being dead serious. Has a crocodile ever tried to bite your head? <laughs> Or you ever have to wrestle a bear? Have you ever found no. yourself in a scary situation with an animal? And if you have found yourself in that situation, call us, 866-987-2570. Uh, also coming up in the next hour, we will have some spirituality, which we desperately need. And Vinny Bonsignor will jump on and we'll talk about the NFL. Yeah.